Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Investors Advantage and the Securities America companies are separate entities. The opinions and forecasts expressed are those of the author, may not actually come to pass, and should not be construed as a recommendation of any security or investment plan. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Welcome to Fiscal Fitness with your hosts, John Grace and Daniel Medina. They have all the questions about investing, planning, retirement, and the future. You could say it's all they live for. While it can seem daunting getting everything sorted out and the important questions answered, they'll do their best to make it that much easier. Now, here's John Grace and Daniel Medina. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. John Grace and Daniel Medina here, your hosts on Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. Delighted that you could spend some time with us this afternoon. And I don't know, Daniel, uh, along with our guests, Bob uh, Charney and Andrea Roschke, it it seems like we're going to have to change uh, Wednesday from hump day to wicked Wednesday. I mean, last week we were on the program looking at what was going on in the Capitol. I mean, who would have thunk? And this week, uh, it's more drama and more excitement. I mean, it was the end of the year just two weeks ago. It feels like it was 10 years ago. So many things have changed so fast. And the the, the dr- drama that just doesn't seem to stop. Uh, as we were talking earlier, you know, I love it when people say, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. And I'm like, well, it will be. But what makes you think turning the calendar page is going to make a whole lot of difference? I'm not so sure. I'll be glad to close the books on 2020. But don't expect 2021 to be less uh, dramatic. And here we go. We're off to the races. So we're going to discuss a number of things that we think are important. Uh, one of them has to do with the, 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 it's kind of a dichotomy. On the one hand, we see the, a very high number of business bankruptcies uh, being filed. And at, at the same time, we see Congress making it easier for business to file bankruptcy and start over. And then simultaneously, we're seeing the number of new businesses being formed at a 13-year high, thanks to Business Insider. I mean, so it's it's like, which way is up? There's Again, so much is going on at the same time. We all must be vigilant and recognize we got to keep our eye on, on these things, recognize that we will keep our eye on the ball, that where we're playing the game, but then we need to hire other professionals to, for them to do the work that they do on our behalf. For example, I doubt that anyone on the in the audience uh, does your own dentistry. Even the dentists go to another dentist, okay? So let's see what we do well, do that well, and then hire the best of the brightest to have the jobs done that we're not going to be capable of doing with any degree of excellence. Then we want to look at some, some good news, fascinating, uh, in terms of what's going on relative to where people are moving. A lot of people are giving up these United States of America. And I think that trend's going to continue. Uh, we'll start off in that regard, uh, looking at uh, the happiness index. It's, uh, it's something that people don't seem to pay attention to in the country, but internationally, a lot of people do in terms of which countries do the people declare for themselves that they are happy as opposed to being told. Uh, and then we'll look at uh, the places where people are moving. Uh, and then we also want to get to our special guests here, Andrew Roshke, CPA, and Bob Charney, to look uh, again at these businesses from the standpoint of how to get the finances in order so that the IRS doesn't shut down, shut you down, and how to make sure you're doing marketing in ways that might even benefit from COVID or to reorient how, what business you're doing 
so that you can kind of lean into the wind, if you will, become more like a palm tree in Hawaii and bend and yield as opposed to snap and break under the pressure of the winds. So as we always do, and there's not so much to report on so far because it's a brand new year, but we like to look at how the markets are doing for the year. Again, we're only 13 days into 2021, but to go back to where we begin, the Dow so far this year is up 1.68%. It's modestly up today. Um, we are within uh, uh, real close to the, the highs that we saw last year. We'll talk more about that because uh, we have some numbers that we think are worthy of folks keeping their eyes on to see are we going to continue with a significant melt up or will things turn around very suddenly where it's a meltdown and the question becomes, how low can we go? Kind of like the cartoons, okay? Uh, then looking at the S&P 500, it's up about one and a half percent so far this year. And that's of course from January 1 through the 13th today in, in real time, up 12 points. So the market's pretty flat. The bulls and the bears are trying to figure out which direction uh, are we going to take from here. Uh, NASDAQ is up 2%. That's, uh, that's a very good number for 13 days to see 2%, particularly when uh, money's sitting in a bank account and you might, might be getting one half of 1% for a year. Uh, so that's a, that's a very good number for the year so far. So we're saying watch this number of 13,000 at the NASDAQ. Uh, if you're looking at the S&P, watch this number. We may see some of our, um, the people that we follow, uh, the pundits suggested we could see a 4,500 on, on the S&P 500. But then as we said, it might be the case of how low can we go? And just to put it in perspective, some of the pundits that we follow uh, say, let's look at 2020, and you see that the decline in that year, fourth quarter, was about 20%. The second decline was first quarter, 20, uh, I'm sorry, 2018 was off 20, 2020 was off 35. Notice that the 2020 number is lower, that decline, 35%, as compared to the first decline in 2018 of 20%. They're suggesting that this is a pattern that you need to be careful, keep your eye on, because the next test may be further below 35, and that might be the first leg down of a decline of something like 40%, maybe even 44%. Uh, so the, the real question becomes, how, how, what can you do to keep your assets intact, no matter what happens in the market, so that you can see you're still relative, your, your, your accounts performing within the range that is acceptable to you, as opposed to experiencing, well, it goes up, it goes down, because let's be clear, sometimes it goes down, markets go down and stay down longer than you imagine, and, and more importantly, they may stay down longer than you have time for that account to recover. So the point becomes, let's see what we can do to limit the losses. We find, uh, Daniel Medina and I, that savvy investors seem to like losses, uh, dislike losses more than they like gains. So let's see what we could do to limit those losses so that you can see that you're still in the game as opposed to requiring a Hail Mary pass just to get back in the game. So let's look at, uh, this, was, this comes from the World Happiness Report. Uh, this was last year. And what we find is that the report began in 2012 Four different countries have held the top position. They are Denmark in 2012, 2013, and 2016, Switzerland in 2015, Norway in 2017, 
And now since 2018, 2019 and 2020, Finland is uh, at the top of the heap. They, they, they've held their position for, was that one, two, three years? Yep, 2018 through 2020, and is now significantly ahead of Denmark in second place. The remaining countries in the top 10 are Switzerland, Iceland, Norway, the Netherlands, Sweden, New Zealand, and Austria, followed by the 10th position, that would be Luxembourg. I know you wanna know where does the US fall, and you might find that it is uh, behind Canada, uh, Austria, Australia, the UK, Israel, Costa Rica, Ireland, Germany in the 17th position, leaving us in the 18th position, the US of A, and the Czech Republic is 19th, and Belgium happens to be 20th. So what comprises this happiness index? And this is something that the people are being asked. So it's not like the governments are being asked. Uh, these are people being asked, are you happy with where you live? And it seems that th th there's some simple things that make people happy. And, and right now, of course, that's very important in this COVID environment, this, this disaster of epic proportions. When we're separated, what can we do to remain happy or to become happy or to not become depressed, which is something that we're also seeing on the rise around the world. So to the extent that you are having those experiences, please don't discount them or, or minimize them or diminish them or act as though everything's fine because it just may not be. But it looks like uh, the reasons that, the, that these folks, uh, primarily in, in, in this, uh, Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, is uh, you know, they, they are happier there is that they find that they have good social support networks, they have social trust, they believe they have honest governments, imagine that, a safe environment and healthy lives. So uh, I, the way I look at it is it, it appears as though these folks uh, appreciate the education system that they have in many cases, uh, even for higher education in these countries because of their higher taxes. They, they, the parents don't have to pay for the college education. They have health care that is provided by the government, whether you like it or not, it's part of the equation. In the US, of course, the folks who are doing better than most are those who have resources and insurance, the, the ones of us who aren't doing as well, lack resources and insurance. And by the way, the, here's, the, here's the three ages, 82, 81, and 78. So let me ask you that we're talking about three countries. The, um, we're talking about Canada, the UK and the US. So the there's an average age of life expectancy for these three countries, 82, 81, and 78. We're looking at uh, Canada, the UK, and the US. Where would you pair the 82, which country? Canada, the US, or the UK? Uh, 81 and 78. And, and I just want you to process, process that a little bit. But the, uh, the numbers or the ages at which uh, there is life, average life expectancy might surprise you. It is 82 in Canada. It happens to be 81 in the United Kingdom. And guess what? We're 78 in these United States of America. So part of what I'm sh sharing with you is that many of us believe life expectancy is advancing. And guess what? It is for every developed country, except for these United States of America. The fact is our life expectancy has been going backwards over the last five or six years. And it's primarily because 
the poor don't have the resources that the rich do. So here's a, another bifurcation, if you will, in that the average life expectancy for the poor is going backwards. It's, 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 a, it's a minus, but there are more of them. So despite the advancement in life expectancy for the well-to-do, there are not as many. So the average we see has been moving backwards about six months over the last three, four, five years in the United States of America. So this whole notion of healthcare, uh, I, I, I think we, we got it backwards, okay, just to be perfectly honest. And there are other countries that do it a whole lot better, including this whole thing about to, you know, getting the vaccine, but what good is a vaccine without vaccinations? I mean, it's kind of like saying, oh, thank you, Dr. Fauci, the cavalry is coming. We have all these vaccines, but what good is a cavalry with no ammunition? I mean, what a good, if you're the cavalry and you're the good guys, and you've got guns and, and no bullets for these guns. I mean, it's not going to serve much purpose at all. So that, uh, that's where we stand. The U.S. again is uh, 18th in the top 20 happiest countries in, in the world. Um, and I suspect that that probably won't change. So let's turn our attention to uh, where people are moving when they're leaving these United States of America. And Daniel, this was a, an interesting source, uh, International Living Magazine. The number one spot is Costa Rica? Yes, it is. And it's, it's fascinating when you look at that. Actually, all the, the top five are Latin American countries, Costa Rica, Panama, Mexico, Colombia, Portugal, and even Ecuador is number six. So when, you, when, you, when it comes down to it, I think it's a cost of living thing. And that's going to be one of the huge problems for a lot of people in the United States. They just haven't saved enough money. So the question becomes, where can you live a, a decent life with the... You say meager savings that they have plus social security, which is for most people, the bulk of where their income is going to come from for the rest of their life. And if you can go to Costa Rica and live uh, happily on three, $3,000 a month, that might be where you have to go. And that's why people are moving out of the country because, because it's just becoming more and more challenging to retire, especially when we have those bad habits or we've developed so many bad habits over the years. Well, in fact, we were just talking to an old friend and an old client just yesterday. I haven't seen her in a while, and uh, she was on low profile. But what did we discover? That she spends a good amount of time in Mexico. And guess what? These are numbers that she represented, that she could, she could live quite well in Mexico, Mexico um, with an income of $2,500 to $3,000. And then when we go with her, because we were doing a financial plan, we haven't finished it yet, but we find that she's expecting Social Security to be about $2,800 a month. Now, we have to verify, is that at 62, is that 70? But the point is, Social Security in this case, if these are $2,020, $20, is going to more than cover her living expenses, which means you can actually enjoy life. <laughs> you can enjoy life again, as opposed to the rat race of I got to earn the money so that I can eat. And, you know, right now we have a whole lot of people who aren't earning money and they're having a difficulty eating, which makes life a whole lot difficult. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for it, actually. If, if, it, if it requires moving out of, out of the country to, to keep your lifestyle going, Enjoy it. Move out of the country and go to a Latin American country or one of the Asian countries like Malaysia or Vietnam, Vietnam, which is seventh and tenth on this list. Yeah, Vietnam, number 10, Malta, ninth, France, eighth. Interesting. I wouldn't have expected France to be on that list. Clearly, that's not Paris, but uh, <laughs> still, 
uh, Ecuador, Portugal, Colombia, Mexico, Panama. Uh, and some of these countries are not like France in that they don't give you uh, the ugly eye because you don't speak the language, they might help you learn the language. And, and I must say, of course, you know, we, we learn when we're immersed. So the beauty of going to these places, maybe to travel and stay for maybe a couple of weeks, then maybe a month to see, you know, to get acclimated, you get a chance to, uh, to learn. And, and, and given what we're seeing, there's a lot of expatriates who are moving to these places. And of course, then they become their own community. Uh, and on this note, uh, we were speaking to another couple who, two PhDs, Americans, who I believe they are living in, in Finland, and they say, we know we're paying higher taxes. And guess what? We're just fine with that. Really? See, we've been taught you're supposed to pay as little tax as possible. Doesn't that sound familiar? But we haven't been doing the right things with that savings, if you will. We certainly, the consumer, haven't been saving any money. And then we complain about our health care, or we complain about the roads, we complain about the school systems, all for good reasons. But look at it this way. I came across an article that suggested that there were, uh, I don't know, 10 companies that provide healthcare products that want to do business in China. And guess what China declared? You all must reduce your prices by 51% to come into this country. Now, I'm sorry, 1.3, 1.4 billion people? You want to be in that country if you can, because there's a whole lot of people who can use what it is you're providing. But notice that the, because this is a government mandated situation, healthcare in China, they have the power, the government does, the universal power to declare where prices are going to be. And you have to make the appropriate adjustments. Without that kind of power, like in the US, we can make all the declarations we want, but let's recognize that we don't really have any leverage over these companies. And in fact, I would submit that as an industry, they have far more leverage on us than we do on them. And, and, and then let's say this, that when we look at the US of A relative to healthcare and education, I would submit to you that uh, those are the, the primary areas where we have no competition with other countries. So I would submit to you, that's why the prices for healthcare and higher education keep going up because of the lack of competition. So when we have uh, more competition, it helps reduce prices. Less competition, they're at the mercy, we're at the mercy of their declaring whatever it is they are going to charge and, and, and recognize in California, particularly Northern California, with this COVID situation, some hospitals have been coming larger and they keep increasing the prices. Why? Because they can. All right, so we've got to go to a quick break. Please stay close. We'll be right back with you on the other side. Any instructions for us, Daniel? You can find us on Facebook at Under Investors Advantage, on Twitter at Money on Course. Our website is www.ybpoor.com. You can always reach us in the office at 805-495-2077 or send us an email at contact at ybpoor.com. And that's W-H-Y-B-E-P-O-O-R. Just as simple as it sounds. We'll be right back. Please stay close. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance. Coupled with a sound plan for the future, with the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. 
To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit YBPOR.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's YBPOR.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. John Grayson, Daniel Medina here on Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. So glad you could spend some time with us, and we're going to dig a little deeper in terms of what's going on with businesses. Uh, Before we do that, let me just mention real quickly that one of the things that Daniel Medina and I are doing is – doing everything we can for essential workers. And what that means for us is providing at no cost a financial plan. Those those typically cost about $2,000 on average in the country. But for the essential workers, we believe that they put their lives on the line every day. You know, so many of us have the luxury of being able to work from home. They do not. They must show up and they get to deal with what they get to deal with. And it's part of their DNA. So it's part of their job. But they're doing everything they can to help us stay safe. And we've got to do our part. But we're saying to these folks in particular of all income levels and whatever the professions might be, give us 90 minutes and we'll help you put your financial house in order. Help you see what you need to accumulate to retire with dignity on your time safely. What happens if, heaven forbid, the income of a breadwinner is lost because of premature death? whether it's a married person, partner or not. And then if you have children, let's put together your uh, college education planning so that you can see that uh, they're gonna graduate, you're gonna be crying, but you may be crying from uh, just as much from the fact that they graduated as you are that nobody has any debt. And that's part of our, uh, our trademark. The proof is in the planning. These are all mathematical equations. And many of us don't like math. We don't like history, right? <laughs> we, we repeat history more than we learn it, I think particularly as a country in these United States of America. Uh, but these are things that we should be embracing, math, uh, learning from history, budgeting so that we can survive and thrive. And so on that note, we have uh, two great guests with us. Uh, Andrea Roschke, uh, she's the founder of uh, her own uh, 
Rushke and Wall CPA firm. They really are in the business of helping take the stress out of running your business so that you can focus on what it is you do well. And that way, as I say, you don't have to worry about the infernal revenue service showing up on, on the door. And that is often a problem for people because they could just make they have big erasers and make everything go away. And then Bob Charney, who's been founder and president of RSC Marketing and Advertising, where he's in the business of uh, putting together formulas for businesses to do advertising, perhaps to reduce, as, as they're reducing their costs, they're increasing their sales. So we're going to be asking them some questions after they introduce themselves in terms of their contact information about the notion of how businesses can survive and thrive in spite of COVID-19. So Andrea, please tell us how your contact information first, please. Hey there, yes, I'm Andrea Roschke. My firm is Roschke & Wall, Business Advisors and CPAs, and we can be found at roschkewall.com. Beautiful. You're, about, you're up next, Bob. Thanks, John and Daniel. Um, RSC Marketing is a company that helps uh, businesses use Marketing, using marketing communications to increase sales, increase market share, and hopefully with well-defined strategies, increase profitability. Uh, if you have any marketing-related questions at all, feel free to reach out to me uh, to my email, bc at rscmarketing.com, or you can visit our website, www.rscmarketing.com, and you can connect through the Contact Us link on the website as well. Beautiful. Thank you both. So I know you have a couple of questions for Andrea to begin with, Daniel. Andrea, why do most small businesses fail? Well, I, I'd like to, um, that, that's a very good question. Um, I think most of them fail because they don't um, understand the mechanics of running a business. So um, we took, we, I like to quote uh, Michael Gerber and his book, The uh, the e-myth, most business workers are working in their business rather than on their business. So, um, and he says that understanding the technical work of a business does not mean that you understand a business that does technical work. So one of the most common reasons I think that businesses fail is they fail to track their finances. Um, I like to tell people, if you're not measuring it, you're not managing it. So how do you know if you're taking on too much debt? How do you know if you're overspending? Do you have reserves for unexpected increases? Is there, is there a plan? Um, are you going to run out of money? So, you know, the disconnect between how much revenue you're earning and how much um, what the business needs day to day to run, it can be disastrous. This, this year, this last year was was a crazy year. And there's a lot of changes done, in specific, specifically in the bankruptcy um, arena. Can you talk to that? What's changed? Sure. Um, so part of the coronavirus relief package that um, was uh, released in March of 2020 um, was something called the Small Business Reorganization Act. And it really is helping small, the goal was to help small businesses make a fresh start. So, um, and it, it allowed for businesses who are, originally the law was that if you were under um, 2.7 million in debt, you would qualify for this type of um, reorganization. But the coronavirus relief package raised that limit to 7.5 million for one year. So the odds of keeping a business during a reorganization have increased. 
because it's a streamlined process. Um, owners get to keep their equity. You don't have to have approval of the creditors, which is a big deal. Um, so there's, there's a, you, have, you have to pay back the creditors over a three to five year period from your um, profits. And there's a greater probability of you being able to keep your business through the bankruptcy. So you can reorder yourself and get back in business. It's gotten right. a little bit easier. So that might be some good news. And, and to your point about uh, the author of the event, yeah, Michael Gerber, I had the pleasure of being in one of his workshops. I got the chance to meet him. And the story that he tells, I think is appropriate. He says, look at Ray Kroc, right? Nobody knew who he was. And he is actually a, a, a malt salesman. And he approached the McDonald brothers to buy the one French, well, the one store they had, I think in San Bernardino, and the rest is history. But the, but Michael's point was, notice, he did not flip a hamburger, okay? He, he wasn't doing what most entrepreneurs do, which is everything. He said, no, I'm going to be the organizer. I'm going to have the vision. I'm going to get the financing, and we're going to build systems so that a high school person can perform the way we want McDonald's performed. In fact, he set up a McDonald's University so that you had great consistency, whether you're at McDonald's in California or in Thailand. You knew what you were going to get. And that's one of the reasons why Americans, I think, are so terrible at venturing out to restaurants, particularly in another country, because it's easy to go back to where you think you're going to get exactly what you are comfortable getting from home. But that's how he built that business. And I think it's a, it's a good testimony as far as an example relative to some of the things that we should all be doing. Excellent. This one's for you, Bob. What's the most important marketing issue businesses need to address during the pandemic? Well, it's a great question. The And I've been doing this for over 40 years. And so I've seen a lot of economic boom and bust times over the years. And the one consistent mistake that almost most marketing comp or businesses make is that they really don't spend enough time understanding their target audience. And that's really important, especially now during the pandemic or during a business downturn. Um, and why? Because it's really important to understand uh, who the heaviest, most frequent, the highest spending customers and loyal uh, clients are. Who are these people? And significantly, what products or services are they utilizing and why? And the reason this is so important is to know, because if you do know this, then you can determine better ways to serve these and like-minded buyers with obvious options. Now, there's some obvious options like free delivery and no, no charge returns. Those work for retail companies and so on. Um, but also uh, service guarantees, performance guarantees for, for professional service providers and uh, accountants and, and uh, uh, law firms and such. Um, but then also, if you understand those people, you can come up with less obvious engagement strategies like, like enhancing your website, updating it to add online buying tools, customer service tools, things that people can make uh, more, easily, more easily connect with you, chat functions and such. You can add these, these tools, which are pretty common today, but yet not everybody, if you don't think you're in that kind of a business, you don't necessarily have that on your website. These are the kinds of things that make it easier for customers to do business with your, com with your company when they can't or they're not inclined to do business with you because they can't come into your place of business um, as a result of the pandemic. Finally, 
embracing CRM marketing tools. That's CRM stands for customer relationship management. It, it can help you drive sales by identifying customer buying habits and then allowing you to market complementary products and services to your best customers. The key here is to focus on your best clientele, regardless of whether you're a retail company or you're a professional service firm. And Bob, for small businesses, the chat feature, I mean, so many of us like that because it helps you process what you're trying to do. But is it, is it, is there, are there, uh, reasonable systems that small businesses can employ to provide that feature? And then who's doing the actual reply if it's on a Sunday, for example? Yeah, most companies aren't doing that themselves. There are companies that provide that service and you anticipate the most obvious questions um, and provide some some basic, simple answers for those. It, it, it's almost like a, uh, a uh, telephone answering service where you provide basic answers to the most common questions. But the thing that it does is if they don't know the answer or somebody has a question, it allows them to take a message right away and say, you know, that's beyond uh, my experience, but let me have you have a more experienced the representative get back in touch with you. Can I get your phone number, you know, or email address or whatever, and then they can get back to them. They're not terribly expensive to subscribe to those services. And yet the consumer feels like you're really providing first rate service because you're always available to them. That helps with the connection experience. Yes, absolutely. Love it. I, I know I'm always curious whenever I use one of those systems, who, who am I talking to? Right. <laughs> You'll never know. No. <laughs> and, and because it's a system, right, you don't know whether or not they speak English and you don't care. It's when you get lost in those systems where you know they're in, I don't know, Mazatlan or uh, Thailand or someplace in India. And you're like, you're Bob Smith? Really? Are you sure? You don't sound like Bob Smith in Nebraska. <laughs> okay. You know, but John, you bring up a good point about foreign language. The good thing is a lot of these services have multilingual uh, service providers that work for them. So if somebody wants to communicate in Spanish or in Chinese or Russian or, or French or whatever language, um, many of these companies have service representatives that can communicate in multiple languages. Excellent. That's a great option. Uh, next question for you, Andrea. What's the biggest risk for small businesses today? Well, I do think that, um, as we mentioned already, the biggest risk is running out of out of money. So having a plan, working with a um, trusted advisor so you can either have a, a budget or a business plan, um, have some reserves available, uh, knowing what the cost of the, running the business is, um, you know, during nobody anticipated coronavirus or a pandemic. I mean, maybe we should have, we don't know, but um you know, we couldn't have gone into 2020 knowing that was coming our way. So do you have reserves available? Is there a plan B? Can you pivot easily in your business? Um, so working with a um, financial advisor is one way to make sure that you um, can, you know, have a cushion for things like that. So I think it's um, the biggest risk, like I said, is, gonna, is running out of money. So making sure you're planning properly. Speaking of planning properly, we're going to get right back to that after the break. And before we go, folks, I do want you to be aware of, uh, we have, I have written a book, Making Finance Make Sense. It's available on eBay. It's available at Amazon. 
Uh, it's available in the Kindle version for all of 99 cents at Amazon. So just the point is that even the book itself, the 15 to $16 at eBay at Amazon, I will not be getting rich off of this book, okay? But it, it's a good one and I'd love to, for you to have it to the extent that you pose a question, whether it's on the show or sometime after the show, we'll make uh, the book a gift to you. I'll send it to you in the Kindle version and actually the message comes from Amazon. So if that's something that you like to do, look for that message from Amazon. So we're gonna be right back. Stay close folks. And we're gonna pick up uh, more ways that business, businesses can survive and thrive no matter what on the other side of the break. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit YB4.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's YBPoor.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, folks. This is John Grace and Daniel Medina on Fiscal Fitness at Voice America with Andrea Roschke, CPA, and Bob Charty, marketing guru, uh, with us to talk about how businesses can survive and thrive no matter what. And it's been an interesting year, as I think we can all uh, attest to. When we watched businesses who faced the adverse effects of uh, COVID, many of them do not look like they're going to survive. And many of them are, we call them zombie businesses, and they just need to file for bankruptcy. Andrea has uh, addressed some of the ways that the the Congress has made it easier to file for bankruptcy, and that way you can reformulate one of the virtues of, of being in America. We want to look more at uh, what entrepreneurs and small business owners 
what they can do to develop new and innovative ways to sustain cash flow, continue business operations, and make payroll. And the payroll protection program, that it looks like it's going to be quite helpful in enabling companies to keep employees on the payroll. So, Daniel, I know you have uh, some questions for our two guests. Who's first? Well, this one's for you, and this is about communications, and it's getting harder and harder to to make to come up with new strategies. But what do you, what do you, what strategies would you suggest for this for just right now through COVID? Well, uh, yeah, you're talking to Bob. Who's up? That's for Bob. Thank you. So before the break, I made a fairly big case for why understanding your target audience and particularly your most frequent buyers and the reason that that's important is um, that not only can you find ways to communicate with them uh, more effectively and make make it easier for them to do business with you, but you also can conceive promotional offers, which will most likely incentivize them to buy more often and potentially with offers that drive higher re uh, average revenue and profitability. So think of this kind of like the fast food company's value meals. These are offers, you see them all the time, offers that deliver two sandwiches at a lower combined cost than buying them individually, but thereby creating a higher perceived value. But what they usually don't include, sometimes they do, but usually they don't include drinks and fries and other high profit sides that people would likely also order. So these kinds of promotional offers drive business at higher gross sales and profit margins and customers think they're getting a better deal. Well, even professional service providers can use this model. For example, an estate planning attorney could offer a, a, to do wills at a very low cost, but then once you have a customer on the line and they're interested for this kind of service, talk to them about add-on services like trusts and durable powers of attorney for medical decisions and such. So this way of thinking about what your best prospects, your best clients, your best customers, what do they want? What's, what, what kind of value proposition can you offer to them is a way to help incentivize them to do business with you. And again, go back to what I said before about making it easy for them, website in particular, and email marketing to, uh, for them to engage with you. And these are people that already like what you do. Now you're just offering them incentives and, and ways to do business with you that are of tremendous value to them. And let me uh, support some of what Bob is sharing. I mean, again, we're, we're noticed that uh, we're seeing a 13-year high of new businesses being formulated. And in the last six months of 2020, we have some numbers that suggest that 14% of those new startups added enhancements to an online marketplace. And 13% have added delivery and pickup options for all of their products. So from online orders to touchless payment options, many digital substitutes are available to small businesses to minimize customer loss and revenue. One of the examples is making sure you have a larger presence, as Bob discussed, with social media. So that means you need to be on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, and then have your current and prospective customers. That's where they can contact you and view your products and services as an, an added benefit, and then encourage them to share that information with their friends on Facebook and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, having a, a website that actually looks interesting and causes people to spend more than a minute uh, poking around and Bob talked about uh, having some 
some way of having contact so that they can ask you the question or ask your system the question and you can get back to them so that uh, they know that you you were they know that you were there and that you can you are available to address their 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 desires and their needs excellent next question for you Adria what is why is entity choice important when you're forming a business, particularly right now with so many business formations? Right. That's a good question. Um, I think most people don't maybe don't understand like how much revenue they need to make to have a hundred dollars of cash in their pocket. And that has to do with um, how your business is structured, what tax bracket you are sitting in and um, how you move cash out of your business into your personal account. So, um, so you want to make sure that the structure is the best, your business is structured the most efficient for your needs. And if I ask my potential clients this question, most of them don't know the answer to that. So, um, you know, starting out in a small business, most people would be a sole proprietor. Um, they might uh, they hear about S corporations, LLCs, C corporations. None of that makes sense until you talk to somebody about the different structures and how they flow through to your income tax and how it can be beneficial to a business to be one structure over another. So how would you frame that conversation? What questions would you ask? Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the volume of the business and how much they're um, generating in revenue. You know, you may start out with one type of structure and as you grow, it, you become a different type of structure. Um, in uh, the 2018 um, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, there was something introduced called the Qualified Business Income Deduction which is basically a 20% deduction off your net income for certain types of entities. So it, uh, it, it kind of forced us to look at some of these um, businesses to see if a different structure made sense in light of that new tax law. So um, I think as the business grows, the structure can change. Um, if you have um, plans to sell the business, you might wanna be a C Corp versus an S Corp. So uh, there's a lot of discussion involved with attorneys and the, uh, and the uh, business itself and what the future plans are, what the current tax saving benefits are of the, each of the different types of plans. Is that something you would usually coordinate with other professionals that the, the client's working with? Absolutely. We would work with um, their attorney, hopefully their financial advisor to um, make the best decision. There's no cookie cutter answer, right? So we have to make the best de decision for the overall well-being of the business, as well as the owner of the business. So it's a, definitely a team, a team discussion. Yeah, what we found is that typically team discussions work the best. And what people tend to do is they keep their professionals separate. My right. CPAs over there and my accounts over there and my financial guys over there and never the twine shall meet. No, I, I agree with you. And that's the wrong approach. We should all be talking. Um, you know, the, the calls that I, that I hate the most are calls that start with, well, guess what I did because my financial advisor told me to. And uh, instead of saying, can we have a discussion about maybe we should do this or right. In advance, it advances cool. better than after the fact. I can't yeah. uh, undo, unring the bell. Yeah, yeah I know. Of, kind of hard to clean up the the mess on aisle nine, right? After <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was never even in aisle nine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> next, excuse me. Next question for you, Bob. Is there a, is there a way to lower advertising costs while still delivering market market share? 
Uh, yeah, and I think the question is increased market share, um, to be more precise. Yes. The answer is yes. Um, you know, there are a couple things that you can do that are virtually uh, no cost. For example, starting with email marketing to current customers. I'm not talking about prospect. That's uh, more expensive than you think, and the returns are typically lower than 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 normal. But that's not the case with current customers, with people you already do business with. So retarget these people with information about new products, complementary products or services to what they bought before, update or trade-in offers, et cetera, depending upon what you're selling. So again, if you're a professional service provider and you're an attorney, to use the same example, it might be a couple of years since someone did an estate plan. Um, maybe the laws have changed and, a, and an email to these people talking about there's a, a new changes to the laws that would make it worth your while and it'd be smart to update your estate plan would be a good email to send to these people. And except for some time, that wouldn't cost you anything. Um, if you've embraced a CRM system, whether it's a formal app that you're uh, subscribed to and you're utilizing to track customers uh, buying behavior based on products and other services they bought from you, you can segment those people out and say, if somebody, for example, bought a uh, a DSLR camera from you and, and, you know, now maybe you want to target them by trying to sell them uh, a wide angle lens or uh, a macro lens that, that didn't come with the package, the, the camera package that they bought. Um, you're certainly not going to want to reach out to them and try to sell those people a camera. They already bought one from you, but why not market other products that are complementary to them? If, if, it, if you have older people in your database and to, to use the same example of the camera, if they bought from you five years before and now there's several new models that came out, why not offer a trade-in and a trade-up offer that allows them to uh, get a return on some, some kind of discount, but still on the new product uh, that, that they might really be interested in, in getting. Um, so email marketing to your current customers is one way to lower costs. That costs next to nothing to do. I would say next, and John, you mentioned this, uh, brought this up a, me a moment ago, embrace social media. Work to invite your current consumers to follow your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and other social media pages. Again, that doesn't cost anything other than a little bit of time, um, but it's well worth it because then you have, you, you, as people like the posts that you put there, similar to what you would put in those email marketing campaigns, then you have the opportunity or the potential of reaching all of their friends and contacts on their social media pages, the people that, that follow them. Um, in addition to the posts, consider buying advertising on, the, on these social media channels. It's typically very inexpensive and, and it's uh, relatively easy to target your best prospects. The demographics that you can use for targeting can be done fairly well. It's not as precise as the email marketing, but still you can get a pretty uh, similar kind of a target audience to the people that are your best customers via the social media. We're doing that for car dealerships. We have a CPA client that we do it for. We have a medical practice that we're doing, doing it for. Um, and, and it's a very effective and very inexpensive strategy. Finally, if you can afford it, I would say consider adding some digital advertising to your media mix. The, the difference between doing digital media and, say, television, as an example, or magazine or direct mail, is that those are mass mediums that are not as well targeted. And while they have tremendous value, and if you can afford to do them, they're very powerful, 
if you're looking to lower your advertising costs, digital me media allows you to reach people that are lower in the buying, buying funnel, people that are looking for specific products and services, uh, particularly search engine marketing is an example on Google. If someone's looking for uh, an investment advisor, uh, as an example, and they go online to search who's in their area, if you are there, if you show up at the top with an ad, you're more likely to get a call and be spending your, your advertising dollars speaking directly to people that are in the market for the services that you're providing. Great answers. Next question for you, Andrea. What are some of the best practices you would recommend for your clients? Um, so we, we go through a, a list of our best practices with all of our clients. We already talked about entity structure, which is an important one. And then depending on the um, structure that's established, we talk about income flowing from the business to the personal side. Um, we talk a lot about business operations and documentation, hoping to keep our clients uh, bulletproof in case of a, um, an audit from the IRS. We don't want them knocking on our door. Um, we talk about um, fringe benefits and um, how to best utilize uh, available fringe benefits for your business and tax planning, cash flow. We talk about independent contractors, a big uh, issue in California right now, um, succession planning. So we have um, discussions around um, all of these uh, topics that we've spent a lot of time studying and come up with, um, like, like I said, best practices for all of our business clients. And you work with hundreds of businesses, is that right, Andrea? Correct. I really, you know, I always like to say I'm, a, I'm, I'm not really a numbers person. I do numbers because it's part of my job, but I'm really a people person. So why I love what I do is because I like helping people. So in my role as their trusted advisor, I help them. And that's really why I, I am a people person, not a number person. Well, you both enjoy what you do, and that I think helps, uh, the, you know, it's a good use of your time because you have no regret when you like what you're doing. Correct. And, you know, any other questions, Daniel? No, that's all, that's all I got on my list. I think we're going okay. to the end of that one. So, yeah, this COVID-19 had a dramatic effect on small businesses, hampering growth profitability. But I think we've shown you, thanks to Andrew Roschke and Bob Cherney today, how owners and entrepreneurs have acted by moving operations online, adapting their marketing, seeking new funding opportunities, or even starting something completely new. In short, they have learned and demonstrated how to survive and thrive. And next week, Daniel Medina and John Grace will be with you for our uh, Wicked Wednesday. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be so wicked, right? It'll be just a regular hump day uh, from 12 to 1 here on Voice America. And we're bringing in a, a friend of mine who told me before the uh, voting started on November 3rd, how the, where Georgia would go for the president and where Georgia would go for the Senate. Now, remember this was before the voting was closed. So we're gonna be talking with him next week about how did he know that? And I'll give you one answer, it's demographics. And that's one of the things that nobody has taught us to do, so we don't do it. We're so busy looking at the numbers and the trajectory and based on this trend, we're not looking forward in terms of how things are changing. And let's look at the buying behavior of consumers, particularly the buying and selling behavior of consumers as opposed to, well, everybody's just going to continue to buy uh, SUVs for the rest of their lives. Well, guess what? Those things change and many of us don't see the changes and then it's shock and awe. 
So we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, this Wednesday afternoon on uh, Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and Daniel Medina. We'll be right back here next Wednesday between 12 and 1 Pacific time. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning to Fiscal Fitness. Please join John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an excellent week.